The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered the synagogue. There was a man there who had a withered hand. They watched Jesus closely to see if he would cure him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Come up here before us. Then he said to the Pharisees, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? But they remained silent. Looking around them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart, Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately took counsel with the Herodians against him to put him to death. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what your like how you receive that gospel, particularly the uh, the ending of it. I mean, you might think, well, it's a rather disproportionate response, isn't it? That um, you know, Jesus has just healed this man with a withered hand, and uh, and as a result of his healing, the man with a withered hand, uh, his his adversaries, his opponents, go out and uh, seek actively to put him to death. Yeah? Seems a bit, it seems a bit strange. I mean, we could, and we can go one way or the other, I think, with, with our interpretation of it. We could say, well, you know, that, that is, uh, you know, disproportionate. It's not, it's not a fitting response to, uh, to, what they've, to, the, to what they've witnessed. And I think in, in, the, in the realm of reality, that's right. You know, for, for people to see, uh, to see clearly the events, that's right. But, um, you know, is, it, is that their experience, right? Is that, is that the Pharisees' experience, or do the Pharisees uh, believe that this actually is, is a proper response to what they've, to what they've witnessed? So, so there, are two, there are two different ways to take this, and I think they're both somewhat instructive for us, because even though we'd like to see ourselves really on the one side, which is people who see you know, reality for, for what it is, and to have a clear view of what has unfolded and say, yeah, this is clearly not the, not the right response to what, to what uh, Jesus has done and what we've, what we've seen. We don't, we don't always really live on that side of the thing. We're, we're, and I don't know how close we are to, to the Pharisees, but it's easy enough for me to say we're somewhere in the middle you know, just say, what's the middle? It's just not touching either of those two, either either of those two particular points. But yeah, why? I mean, why are they so? Why are they so enraged with Jesus? Um, it's it's largely because uh, he is he's not going along with their plan. Yeah, he he has a different plan, and uh, of course, we've been talking about it all week. Jesus is. Uh, is is on the scene for uh, the authentic renewal of Israel, for the authentic renewal of God's image bearers. That's that's why he's on the scene. Um, that's that's not the agenda of the Pharisees. And there are any number of reasons for that. I, I don't think we need to waste our time with it, um, or just spend our time on it this morning. We can uh, certainly pursue it some other time. But um, you know. They, 
they have, the, the reality is the Pharisees have their own plan and their own, their own plan for how to, how to be uh, the people that they imagine God wants them to be. Of course, there's, there's too much mixed in there, uh, self-seeking, uh, you know, an, an attempt at, um, uh, say, growing in, in power and wealth, prosperity, right? When I say prosperity, what, what do we think? What do we think it means for, for God to prosper us? And, uh, and if we think that, and, and usually our default, because, because we live in this world, there's going to be something along the lines of material prosperity. And, and then if we think, well, yeah, well, we're destined for material prosperity and we're God's people, God surely wants us to be prosperous materially. And then if he wants us to be prosperous materially, then there are things that we ought to do as a people to, to make sure that we are, because, of course, the way that we become um, prosperous as a people is to stay close together and to be looking out for each other's intentions as it relates to growing in wealth and power and, and prestige and the like. If you, can, you, can you tell that I think about these things a lot? <laughs> like, I think what I'm, can I say, look, I, this is confession. I went to confession yesterday, as I don't need you to absolve my sins, but let me say, like, I, I, can, I, can, I can think about all the ways that the Christian people and even, say, the, the God's mission at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, how it needs to grow. Yeah, but, you know, when I, when I pull away, not pull away, but when I'm not totally on track with God as it relates to that, because I know that the mission of God in Boonton has to grow. I know that. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of it. But what does that mean, right? That's the, cha- that's the challenge. Because as soon as I step out of the chapel and allow all the other things that, um, that I come in contact with to influence me, then I'm likely to see, think more and more that that is growth in material prosperity, including like the growth of the campus and the better whatever of the buildings and, what, and all that kind of thing. And even, even like, well, there need to be more people in the, like all this kind of stuff, right? There needs to be more people around and all this kind of thing. No, the, the growth of, of the mission of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, the, gro- the growth of God's mission in Bhutan is, uh, is growth in, say, the, the, the depth and the depth of commitment of our living together, uh, a life of self-giving love. That's what, that's what that means. And I, I know that very well in the chapel, uh, only because it's, it's, it's not my strength or wisdom. I know it very well in the chapel because that's where God is going to take me every time I'm veering off a little bit, right? But if we don't allow that kind of course correction, you know, where are we going to end up? Well, I know where I'm going to end up, but I'm asking whether or not you know whether, where you're going to end up. Just that, just that little, these, these things begin as very subtle differences, right? The, the Pharisees, their agenda is a renewing Israel agenda. It's, this is just what they imagine has to be the case, living out their identity as God's chosen people in his good creation, right? Even if it's gone awry a little bit, surely they, they should partake more fully more and more deeply of, of, the, of the good things of the earth that God has created, that he's, that he's, that he's called them to, uh, to occupy, to subdue and make fruitful, right? So the, we need to, we, sometimes we need to get in the mind of the Pharisees to see what's going on. Jesus is, Jesus is just coming along and saying, 
Actually, you don't have that right. Do you know your, your, um, your, your dream of national prosperity or your dream of tribal prosperity because they, they identify with each other as the people of God. There's a very, cl there's a very close connection with these folks. It's like, it's a family and you want to see your family prosper, do you not? You do, right? Even some of you to the point of idolatry. Did I say that out loud? Oh, sorry. Okay, so you want your family to prosper. Well, this is the same thing. Uh, just that it's, it's an extended family, but they're, they're very close to it. At least they want to be very close. And they're setting these guidelines, right, like in or out. And, and in and out really matters as it relates to the cohesion of a people trying to drive forward to prosperity. You ca we can't have you be that way on the inside. It destroys everything. And, they, and then we have all these kind of uh, signposts or whatever that are, that are set up in order to keep people together and on track as it relates to the project. Yeah, and one of those things is, of course, the Sabbath. It's, it's absolutely central for them. It looks back to the creation. It looks back to and commemorates, in many ways, the exodus. It looks forward to the great day of rest that God wants his people to to have, to dwell in, right? So the Sabbath is, 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 is not absolutely central, but it's very close there. It's, it's central for them. It's so important for them. And so anyone who comes along and says, actually, we have to reorder everything because you, you got the mission wrong, and we have to reorder everything, including the Sabbath. Well, guess what? That guy is, that guy is undermining your agenda whole and entire. And that guy is threatening the prosperity of your family. Now you're ready to kill him. <laughs> you, yes, you, here, you're ready to kill him now. Right? So where, where are we? What are we living for? What's the point of our lives? Right? Th let me say this, the subtle difference, and it sounds subtle, but in fact, in practice, it's not, which is why it draws Jesus's anger which is just that, you know, he's, he's harnessing the, the, um, he's, he's harnessing his own response to the injustice, the, the tremendous injustice that he sees of God's people, you know, living in and around the things of God, but using them for, for their own agenda, right? I can't, I can't imagine a more serious injustice than that. Um, and, and he's, he's using it to confront it, to attack it, to, to uproot it and the rest. Um, but their, their view of things is we're the children of light and the rest of the world is in darkness. So, of course, what benefits us over them is the advancement of God's agenda. Jesus is saying, you're the light of the world. You, you, you were made to embody and bring forth God's light for everyone. This sounds kind of subtle, does it not? I mean, well, light of the world versus we're the children of light. Yeah, some of these things matter. And, and here it's clear that it, that it does. Anyway, this, this is us, right? We have to allow Jesus to do what he wants to do. And that, that means we have to pray because we're not going to stumble into it.
we're only, I mean, if you're anything like me, and you can say, maybe with some confidence, you're, you're actually nothing like me, but if you're, any, if you're anything like me, you're going to veer off. You know, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Enough, you know, you're going to veer off, you know, only so far as you're going to be able to maintain what you've come to consider your identity. I'm a Christian person, right? I'm, I, I want to follow Jesus. I'm Catholic. I'm, right, whatever it is. I'm going to make a little compromise here. Do you know, because like I, I, the push is, so, is intense, right? And it's always, it's, it's, it's incessant. It's like, yeah, like just a little bit of comfort, okay? Like, and if I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't need to be switched on all the time. And I don't, I don't uh, yeah. Or, you know, actually those, those things are true. But whether or not we stay mission aligned all the time, is a bit of a different, is a bit of bit of a different reality. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna switch off and go to something else now because I I prefer to pursue this or I need I need to pursue this. Some you know I've said it's like hedging bets and that kind of thing. But yeah. so, will we allow Jesus to do what He wants to do? We have to take the time. We have to allow Him to speak into our hearts and our lives. So when we go to prayer, we have to allow Him to to bring up for us all the many things that are going on in our hearts and lives, all the many people that we're encountering, all the many decisions that we're making. We want, we want him to show us where it is we should be, what it is we should be doing, how it is we should be going about our business. And guess what? He's, you know, part, part of the way that we know that that, that that work is happening, that God is doing that work, is that you know we're going to we're going to come up with things or, or receive in prayer things that we would not really choose for ourselves, and I think ma- mainly it's going to be that you know every time in prayer, God is going to reveal to us what is what the way of self-giving love is. And, and the, well, what did I just say? I said you don't really want that, right? I mean, like in in our flesh, like we don't really want that. We want the comforts of the world around us and all that kind of thing. But the mission, right? Our mission to be a light to the world means that we have to embody, we have to be taken over by and embody God's own life of love. We have to embody self-giving love. God's going it's to, not, it's not just a matter of his showing us the way, but that in prayer, we will be confident that we are receiving the strength that we need to do the otherwise impossible thing that he's revealing to us. And, and that then becomes the power of prayer. Our prayer, say, only matters when it spills out into our lives, right? when it makes a difference in us. And then our lives of, of service brought to God in prayer enliven that, that time for us as well. But it's all about this living on mission. We, we, can I say we're, we're living on mission anyway. You're living on a mission anyway. Do we not want to live on mission for and with Christ Jesus? That's what we want. He's got the plan. He has the enduring purpose. And we don't, we don't have it uh, outside of our relationship with him. And he's now drawing us again. He's drawing us into it to inflame our hearts with his love so that we can be the people that he has made us to be, uh, the light to God's world.